0: Welcome, everyone, back to the Ultra Speaking Podcast. It's been a while since, since I've been on, nice. so that's nice. You've been doing a great job. Slightly inconsistent, <laughs> slightly inconsistent, but I've loved the episodes. Thanks. For this episode, we have something kind of interesting that we want to play around with that was suggested by our, the third founder, Yoshio Goto. He said, why don't you ask GPT-4 what tips it would give a person struggling with speaking and then talk about the advice that... AI gives you and what you think about it. And I think we're in 2023 and the world is moving in a very, very rapidly in a direction where more and more people are are going to be using AI as co-pilots for their life, co-pilots for anything. I know that I already do. So more and more people are going to be in situations where they will be asking AI first, what should I do? And so I think it's interesting to tackle some of these questions. So I'm just going to go ahead and record a prompt here live. And let's see where it takes us. Perfect. Here we go. Exciting. Hey, GPT-4. <laughs> I'm a new manager at an up-and-coming company. I'm smart. I'm hardworking. I'm good at what, I'm, uh, what I do. And I'm on a leadership track already. My goal is to be in an executive role within the next few years But I think one of the things that's holding me back the most are my communication skills. I find myself often in situations where I struggle to be concise, where I ramble. Sometimes I use a little too many filler words, but more importantly, I find myself in situations where I feel like I'm underperforming. And for example, I'll finish speaking. And only once I'm finished, do all of the good ideas come to mind which is very frustrating. I also find that I'm comfortable in certain situations, one-on-one with team members, but as soon as I'm talking to somebody who knows more than me or a group of people, I tend to lose my ability to think on the spot. And I also tend to lose sleep and really stress when I have prepared presentations. So with all of that in mind, what are your top five tips for me if I wanna take on a communication training project to upskill
1: okay let's see wow it's crazy that that it captured all of that
0: and one click one click the future is here certainly here we go working on communication skills is a great way to improve your leadership capabilities here are five actionable steps to help you improve so let's see i'm going to go into detail but for those listening i'll give you the top five they give so structured communication was number one number two practice mindfulness and meditation wow Wow. number three preparation and rehearsal number four feedback and reflection and number five utilize tools and techniques okay interesting yeah very interesting so let's start at the top structured communication training consider enrolling in a structured communication course whether online or in person Courses can provide theoretical foundations, practical exercises, and constructive feedback to help improve your skills. Public speaking organizations such as Toastmasters can also be helpful. I wish they <laughs> said Toastmasters <laughs> and Ultra Speaking. <laughs> wow, this is. That's cool. It feels like we planted this. It feels this like in we here. rigged it for sure. Can't argue with that one. Yeah, That's good advice. That well, but why is it good advice? Why is a course a good place to start? I think.
1: People make all the difference, right? The situation you described is I struggle with a skill that requires being in front of other people, and you and I both know that the problem isn't speaking, it's not even thinking clearly. Those are the, the symptoms, the struggles. But underneath it, the problem tends to be deeper around the feeling of pressure, the sensation of adrenaline the fight-or-flight response that kicks in and then all of the limiting beliefs the self-consciousness and so it is the scenario being in front of people co-workers that you care about their opinions that's what triggers these responses and so it makes sense that if you're going to practice these skills or apply some tips you're going to want your practice to simulate the environment you struggle in so I imagine the reason the course works, now it didn't say self-paced course. It didn't say email course. It said, what did it say? What
0: did it say? A structured communication course, whether online or in-person.
1: Yeah, so I guess it didn't specify, but I think the, what I know for sure is that if it's not, if it's not with other people, whether virtual or in-person doesn't matter, if you aren't feeling adrenaline while you're practicing, it's kind of a waste of practice Because you're not going to be able to transfer the skills into the environment that you want to succeed in.
0: Yeah, one of the things that came up for me immediately was front-loading the hardest part. Because communication training, what we found in our research is that the biggest blocker is mindset. It's scary to put yourself out there. And if you're the type of person who has anxiety when it comes to communication or yeah struggles in the w- in the w- similar ways as to what i put in the prompt then likely you are the type of person who potentially avoids situations where you have to speak and that's only making the problem bigger so the hardest part is finding a way to get over the hump right and that's where a course is going to come into play a course that has a start date an end date and a structured incremental layering of yeah. information is going to get you to the other side when uh, a shameless plug here but in our ultra speaking fundamentals course one of the most common things we hear at the end that is the most beautiful in my eyes are people who say wow I genuinely could not have believed that I could get to a point where I'm actually looking forward to speaking I actually enjoy this in fact we had that the other day right someone said I read it on your website where it said, actually look forward to presentations, etc., And she said, Haha, that's quite funny. Not for me. I just want it to get a little bit less bad. Right. But then she was saying, wow, I'm actually here. So I think that only happens if you condense the learning and you're going to go through the hardest part, which is turning this thing that you're avoiding to something that's not scary or not as scary anymore. And when you're in that state, the world is your oyster once more. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's a lot to say about, about this, but uh, then it'll just become us talking about the value of courses. But, so okay. hats off, GPT. That, that one was good. That's a good one. But please mention ultra speaking. Yeah. Should we give them a
0: grade? I think, uh, yeah, I'd say uh, nine out of 10. I, I have to take one, one grade off because they suggested Toastmasters instead of <laughs> ultra speaking. <laughs> Number two, practice mindfulness and meditation. This one's so cool. These techniques can help reduce anxiety and improve your ability to think on the spot. They train you to stay present in the moment, manage stress, and react more calmly and thoughtfully to high-pressure situations.
1: I would say that is an indirect benefit and there might be truth to it, but I think it would be like like it, it might be sending someone in the wrong direction, although there's no, there's nothing there's only benefits to meditating. I think the transfer would be really difficult going back to like you meditate in the sanctity of a peaceful environment and that has benefits of course but in the moments where you are in fight or flight how much will that meditation transfer i think it will but only at a later stage not when the symptoms are overwhelming and not when you still don't have the tools to know what to do in those moments
0: yeah i think it's a very valuable skill but it's very far from being the highest leverage skill so maybe it'll move the needle a few percent like oh i can manage my anxiety slightly better i feel i i understand my mind slightly better but the principle of directness or, or transfer of states that whatever you are practicing for has to look as close to the actual thing that you're trying to do your practice has to be as close to the actual performance and in this case meditation is is going to be very difficult to transfer and in a sense what one of the things that we train at ultra speaking and that I imagine some other communication schools as well train is pausing and breathing being able within the storm that is speaking to be able to stop and take a breath which is Literally, the act of meditation. Can I empty my mind? Can I just be and let my thoughts go like a river and then the right things will pop up in my mind? Yes.: One of the prompts there a, In the prompt, I said, "I finish speaking, and only then do all my good ideas come to me." The action of pausing and breathing or meditating in the middle of a, spe- of an answer of, of you speaking is what's going to give you access impart to those great ideas yeah i think
1: the one of the consequences of meditation is greater awareness uh, Mm. between stimulus and response yes and if you're able to have that then perhaps you might notice some of the common fallacies or common pitfalls of speaking one of which might be adrenaline hits your body and you interpret it with a negative signal a threat of oh no Or perhaps you have an anxiety in your body and you feel anxious and you start worrying about the presentation rather than being able to notice the physical sensation, which is normal, which I feel as well when something important is coming up and being able to separate the response from the instinctual worry that tends to happen at the same time. Like if you are speaking and perhaps you notice somebody is yawning or you make a mistake. It's really easy to get in your head. It's really easy to go into this pattern of self-defeating response. Perhaps with greater mindfulness, you'll be able to catch your patterns more easily. You'll be able to have greater awareness of noticing something and and choosing your, your reaction. But I think meditation in isolation, if this was the only thing you would do, Amazing, you will become a more peaceful human being, but I don't know if it will improve this scenario.
0: Yeah, you get better at speaking by speaking. So, practice mindfulness and meditation one out of ten. What would you give it as a tip for improving speaking? Probably a, a two. Yeah, same two or three. Okay, number three preparation and rehearsal before important meetings or presentations, prepare thoroughly and practice your delivery. Even rehearsing common conversations can help you get used to organizing your thoughts quickly and speaking more concisely. We've spoken about this quite a bit already, even on this podcast, what would you say? It's hard
1: to argue the advice of preparing more or of preparing in general because of course you want to be prepared. But I think that it can be a trap to rehearse your delivery and practice simulating conversations because it's kind of a short-term solution it's like cramming before a test where maybe you'll get a good response but it's unscalable i find there is a way of especially as an executive that sort of preparation is unscalable you just don't have the time for it and what it doesn't explain is how to prepare do you just go write everything out and then practice delivering your script do you Simulate a conversation and try out different like it's it's very unclear. And I think our method tries to simplify preparation to the essence, which, which really is about trusting yourself more in the moment. So we like to play the game of, okay, but if you can't prepare, what can you still do to optimize your chances? And that has everything to do with trusting yourself, learning to navigate on the fly, doing the best you can with what you have, this strategy is is much more leans towards the opposite end of try to do everything beforehand try to front load it's kind of like you're 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 preparing for a really really big thing so you want to put all of that time and energy in but we have six big things a day we have a stand up meeting then a mm-hmm. then a presentation then a marketing update it's just too much going on and i don't think that I think the bottom line is yes, you can prepare and you can prepare effectively. But what happens in the moments where you didn't have time to prepare? Yeah, you're gonna feel like you, like the the floor has been taken out from underneath you.
0: Yeah, I think pre- preparing is is key in most situations until you get to a certain level, or out of trust. That oh, I I realize that with very little preparation I can do well and that can happen actually pretty quickly we see it in our courses where people go from being a a total mess if you don't give them a lot of time to prepare to being able to give a really remarkable speech with almost no preparation or no preparation at all isn't that the more interesting skill to learn I think it's the more interesting skill to learn I think it's the more scalable skill to learn I think it's the it is the skill you will need if you want to become a leader because you have In order to do that well, you have to be able to extract the essence of what it is you are trying to communicate very, very quickly and find a way to make that essence stick. So you have to be able to very quickly find examples or anecdotes or find a way to wrap whatever it is you want to share in a way that people are actually going to listen. And But one thing that I would recommend for What I imagine the type of person who wrote this prompt to be, or at least the person I was thinking of, is prepare more casually. So most people will spend hours going through their presentation, writing everything down, going through it over and over, editing words, editing sentences, rehearsing, 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 and putting themselves a lot of pressure every time I'm imagining I'm there and I'm going through this whole thing and in doing so you are just making the problem bigger and bigger and bigger the pressure bigger and bigger that's when you start losing sleep and it becomes really problematic what I like to do is to simplify things so I'm thinking of one thought that came to mind was I had to give a speech as the best man at a wedding and I remember I definitely prepared for it in the sense that I had an idea of what I wanted to talk about. I had a story I wanted to share, but there were a thousand ways in which I could share that very story. So what I would do is, anytime I would be walking somewhere, that would be the time I had to give my speech in my mind. And the only rule was I started talking when I started walking and I stopped talking when I got to where I wanted to go. And even the day of the wedding, I remember we were, I think we were having dinner and i went to go to the bathroom and i was like okay this is probably going to be my last one i don't know where the bathroom is (laughs) but by the time i find it i have to have finished and it took me a while but so i i don't know i spoke for like 10 minutes in my mind and then 30 minutes later it was time to give the speech and my speech lasted maybe three minutes that was the, the goal or three or four so i didn't say half of what i said going on to the toilet but it just allowed me in my mind to kind of navigate this In a looser way and remind myself what the essence of what I want to share was. So I think my advice here is, yes, preparation is important. Rehearsal is very important as well, but you should do it in a way that doesn't add stress, that takes away stress. Right.
1: And maybe that improves over time it reminds me of coach benjamin who used to give sermons and would write out two pages front to back front and back single spaced of notes for each sermon meaning he had to speak every week and the advice that he followed when he reached out to to ultra speaking was can you try to shrink that down week after week so he got it to two pages not front and back then he got it to one page double spaced then one page or one-page single space, one-page double space, and eventually he got it to bullet points, and then eventually he got it to, I'm not going to write anything down. I'm just going to think about it for 30 minutes. And so can improving the preparation process, minimizing it over time be one of the goals so that we are able to become more and more, we can free up more and more of our time to prep in lighter ways rather than having just one standard process that takes
0: ages upon ages. Yeah, I love that. So what would you give this one out of 10? I give it a a 6.5 out of 10. And the reason I give it that score is because it's a double-edged sword with this one. So if you don't put in the caveat of but very, very important is how you're going to prepare and how much you're going to prepare, it can actually turn against you. If you're the type of person with anxiety who's a perfectionist, prepare more and rehearse more is only going to make the problem worse right what about you right
1: yeah same i mean that last line of if you have speaking anxiety and your way of solving it is through emphasizing preparation then you're only feeding your speaking anxiety you're letting it win and your antidote is to spend more time preparing and that's a vicious cycle that doesn't fix the speaking anxiety it just kind of prepares you for the next event but there will always be a next event and so it will just be a cyclical trap
0: yes indeed okay what do we have here number four feedback and reflection regularly ask for feedback from trusted colleagues or mentors reflect on your communication efforts after each interaction what went well what could you do better next time and this will help you identify your strengths and areas of improvement
1: 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. This was the, the piece that I felt was missing from the first one around courses. When you mm-hmm. asked like, why take a course? Feedback is such a critical component of knowing the truth of having people who are reflecting your strengths, your weaknesses. I mean, the interesting thing that you and I have noticed in everybody, I mean, virtually everybody that comes through our doors, our virtual doors is that there's a big skill set mindset gap. Meaning that they come in and a typical student's mindset, let's say it's at 40%, and their typical skill set is at 60%. And what they don't believe or what they don't realize is that there's this gap. They believe their skill set is at 40% because that's their mindset. So part of feedback is to rewire your own perception of yourself and realize, no, 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 you come across much more confident than you give yourself credit for. No, that was more interesting than it felt internally and all of these reflections that you just wouldn't believe otherwise but if you have people constantly reflecting your strengths to you and of course your blind spots that the combination of that is a rewiring of your reality mm-hmm. and you start to see yourself differently and that immediately raises your mindset which
0: in turn will raise the skill set. Yeah. There are certain things you just don't see. And so, but that might be intuitive, right? You might have certain ways of speaking, certain tics that are just that you have no idea that you're doing. And only when you ask for real feedback, tell me the thing that most people won't say, won't tell me. And that might take a little bit of time to be courageous enough to ask that question. But if you can ask that question, you're going to get honest answers and it might be surprising. But that's not as high leverage. It's gonna be valuable, but the highest leverage thing that I could imagine is that is, is how do I actually come across? And for most people, indeed, they come across better than they think. So what would happen if you start believing that? Mm. What would happen if you started embodying the version of you that people are seeing rather than the version of you that you're experiencing? It would be really different. So what's, I, what's dangerous about this? With. Obviously, f-
1: getting feedback is important. Is there a danger to it? Can is everyone qualified to give you feedback? Oh, Whose feedback point. should you believe? How do you apply this?
0: Well, in our courses, we have fallbacks, fall safes. We guide the type of feedback that we're asking for, specifically based on the exercise you're doing or the skill set you're working on. We have coaches in pods or jumping around pods to keep an eye out and they'll jump in if somebody gives feedback that's a little bit off if you don't have access to that then you may be interested in the framework that I use which is listen to all the feedback but don't write anything down and don't give any weight to feedback that was not already in your mind that was not already a hunch of yours. So if you have a hunch that something's going on and you ask people for feedback in a very open, open-ended way and they give you that exact feedback and a few different people do, okay, you should take action on that. But most pieces of feedback will be very average. And so in my case, I listen, I discard most of it, and I just wait to see if the same feedback comes back in completely different environments by very different people. The patterns. You want to, yeah, you want to become good at pattern recognition. Yeah. But also, yeah, understand that feedback is not a, an attack on your character. It's just a way to move faster on the journey you're on. If you want to become a leader, there's no other way than to become a great communicator or otherwise you'll just, Your suffering will just go higher and higher until you break, Mm. until you burn out. So this is just part of the game. Everybody's gone through it, and it's just a game of leveling up your skill set. So the more feedback you get, the faster you'll get where you want to go.
1: This one is tough because if you have speaking anxiety and you are looking to level up to an executive position, you might be the type of person that feels quite insecure about your speaking skills, and that might feel in the presentation you have this desire to to present yourself in the best light as a top performer as somebody who is thought through and well prepared and so any and that's where the speaking anxiety comes from is this desire to maintain an image of somebody who deserves to be there asking for feedback is is in a way Asking for people to point out the same flaws and insecurities that you're working so hard to protect
0: That's where courses are magical because you're going in an environment where everybody's working on the same thing Everybody is like you regardless of their level regardless of whether they're They have even more anxiety than you or they are already speaking at a level that you can only dream They're there because they feel that they're not where they need to be and they're there because they want to grow So you being in that kind of a safe environment is going to be a game changer for your growth. And maybe, maybe, yeah, if your anxiety or your self-consciousness is too high and you're really low confidence, you might want to start there. And only once you feel like you've made progress and you feel like you're on more solid footing, do you start asking your manager or your colleagues. That's a good point yeah so let's only give it a nine out of ten because they didn't mention that that's a very good point yeah
1: I think getting feedback from strangers is really powerful because you you can trust it a little bit more and there's also a little bit less self-consciousness around Mm. them because they don't really know you it's harder to ask for feedback for people whose opinions you really care about
0: true that okay last Last but not least utilize tools and techniques there are various techniques to improve speaking skills. For example, the STAR method. Situation, task, action, <laughs> result. <laughs> <laughs> this is very funny. Can help you articulate your thoughts more clearly and concisely. Mm-hmm. Also, try to minimize filler words by pausing to gather your thoughts instead of filling the silence. Nice. Okay, so the pausing thing, extraordinary valu- extraordinarily valuable. Maybe one of the highest leverage things you can do in speaking one of the hardest skill sets to apply without training under and particularly under yeah. pressure particularly if you have anxiety yeah, and course. you're not the type of person to pause so let's just put that aside for a second okay. and let's talk about let's talk about the star method. the star method situation task action results
1: i'm gonna put you on the spot here tristan teach me the star method and what you think it might mean for communication
0: okay i think i'm I, here's my theory. Situation, task, action, results. Hey, if you're going to describe if you're going to describe a problem that you want to resolve at your company, you might start by describing the situation. So plainly lay out what the situation is. Then say, "Hey, I think the task <laughs> is <laughs> to solve this is as follows. Okay. Here's and that we should all take action." Right. And then we should talk about the results. I don't know. This is terrible advice. Why is it terrible advice? Because most of your speaking is gonna happen on the spot. Most of your speaking you can't, is, is not writing. You can't just sit down, use a framework, write it out. So if you're stressed out, you have too much happening in your brain. It's, v- it's scary, it's chaotic, you have very little processing power already. So if you have to think about a framework in the moment and try to stick to it, mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you just come off as a robot, yeah. and something's really off. M- most likely case is you just fumble and lose yourself. Uh-huh. I any framework must be remarkably simple. Like one of our frameworks is choose one thing, commit to one direction very strongly. Right, that's something that's simple enough that even if you have, it, on the contrary, if you have anxiety and you choose one thing, you're going to notice, oh, my brain is come, it has a lot to say on this. Mm you're gonna feel release, you're gonna feel less anxiety. This seems like overload. It's kind of like, I
1: imagine GPT, if it generated a sixth answer, it might say like storytelling. Storytelling is very effective to present your ideas. Try to frame your stories using the hero's journey. And when you dig (laughs) underneath that, it's like hero's journey has nine steps and so hard to apply to any situation in the moment, even in a presentation, it's it's very difficult to do if you have time to prep. So any of these frameworks, this is a great example of, what is this a great example of? It's a great example of crunchy advice that you want to believe because it's true that great stories and movies have followed the hero's journey. But in reality, speaking is such an off the cuff, on the fly medium that we need we can't add to the thinking brain, we need to make it as simple as possible and take thinking out of it and instead find ways to trigger flow state and that's why any sort of framework that has multiple acronyms in it is is kind of a ridiculous concept. Negative 3 out of 10.
0: Negative 3 out of 10, wow. Yeah, I'd give it a 1. I mean, there are tools, just not these kinds of tools. So remember here's what it says at the end remember improving communication skills takes time and practice don't be too hard on yourself you don't see immediate results stay persistent and committed to your improvement and over time you'll see progress and in that they they're completely right we have never and we've seen thousands of students at this point we have never met a student who has stayed committed to learning that has not continually improved and gone through multiple breakthroughs. We've, we've seen many, many, many completely transformational stories or, where people are almost unrecognizable. So depending on where you are at, you're at on the, on the range of how far out in the anxiety and avoidance path you are, it may take you more or less long, but anybody can get there. There's, there are no exceptions here. There are really no exceptions. So overall let's see what did we have structured communication training practice mindfulness and meditation preparation and rehearsal feedback and reflection utilize tools and techniques the only one that really had a very high grade was feedback feedback and take a course course. yeah Yeah. go go find someone that really thought this through and has iterated on their courses
1: Let's let's give our top five. Let's breeze through it so that we don't spend forty five minutes on it. But let's now it's Tristan GPT and Michael GPT four.
0: How do you let's just let's order them by what we think might be the high absolute highest leverage. Okay. Number one, take a course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have the same number one. But my number one would be and this is I mean, don't believe me if you don't want to believe me, but we have a tier, a new tier at Ultra Speaking. That's the Unlimited tier, which gives you access for a full year to all of our courses, all of our live classes, all of our self-paced courses, all of our tools, everything. And the, to me, that is the highest leverage thing you could do. is not necessarily take a course. It's committing to a period of time in which you're going to be completely involved in growing as a communicator. Yeah. And I remember well, there's someone right now in our course who's going through this exactly. They have a very set period of time. I think for them, and they're already at a pretty high level, it's three months, but they're doing everything. They're coming to every class, Mm -hmm. taking all the courses. It's very impressive. Mm -hmm. The thing that I was thinking about was an interview I saw of Arnold Schwarzenegger with Tim Ferriss. And he talks about transcendental meditation. And he says at one point he was struggling in his life. He didn't have clarity in his thinking. And so he did transcendental meditation for a year. And uh, then Tim Ferris, a la Tim Ferris, you know, asked him, so what, and what about now? Like, what's your practice? And he's like, oh, I don't meditate anymore. In fact, I've never meditated since then. I got everything I needed mm. from that one year. Nice. I needed that at that moment and that's all. And yes. now I'm on my way doing completely mm. different things. And I think that would be my advice, like commit to a certain amount of time, see where you're at. And maybe once you get to the end, that's all you needed and you'll never really have to address this again
1: Mm. so I'll counter with my experience because I learned most of most of my confidence or at least I got the 80% from Toastmasters from attending once per week and I want to round out the conversation to show that ultra speaking is not the only option and courses aren't putting money in isn't the only way but it took me two years and I think that that type of mindset is really important in committing to a skill. Speaking is a skill, and if you want to improve at it, you need to have repetitions over time. What's amazing about our course is we've we've seen insane results in a 30-day program, which is because we've deconstructed speaking from the inside out, and I think the Toastmasters curriculum or philosophy is still outside in. So it took me a, a while to learn, and it was very... It wasn't curriculum-based. It was just kind of practice-based. But to your point, if you can commit to this as being a project in your life that you want to dedicate yourself towards, then of course you want to research the different programs out there. But the biggest ingredient for me, I keep saying it all the time, is adrenaline. You want to practice with adrenaline. You want to practice in front of people. You want to feel the feeling of being put on the spot and If you're going to practice one of two skills, prepared presentations or off-the-cuff speaking, 100% practice off-the-cuff speaking. Put yourself in scary situations where you feel at your limit, where you feel all the bad feelings because that's the thing you're trying to fix. And through exposure and through being in that experience you nap you find ways to navigate out of it but the only missing ingredient like let's say you take that advice and you're like okay i'm gonna do rejection challenges i'm gonna go into coffee shops and ask for discounts i'm gonna stand up and give toasts at my family dinners when no one asks me to i'm just gonna go and do scary things the problem with that strategy is that although you're getting exposure therapy you're not getting the type of feedback the type of encouragement the type of reflection that you need to make meaningful progress and so you you never really know how you're doing and for the most part you're going to feel you're doing a bad job because adrenaline tends to feel bad and rejection tends to feel bad so you need an environment with adrenaline and feedback and i guess we're just repeating ourselves over and over again
0: but it's because it's so important to the formula yeah so basically if we were to break down the top five it's like it's basically breaking down what a course would give you which right. is get a commit to a time frame put in a ton of reps in an environment that's going to create pressure for you but that's going to be safe enough that you're willing to fail it's going to be fine failing get a ton of feedback in the process ideally by qualified sources number four would be i At this stage, I'd probably go into certain actual elements based on what you're struggling with. Mm. So in this case, if we're talking about the manager who's trying to level up, I would say one of the most valuable skill sets they could tackle is learning to extract the essence Mm. out of whatever they're trying to say. We Mm. call it the one thing. And there's many, many ways to practice that. But if you can master getting to the core of what it is you want to share
1: yeah let's give them a quick tactic for that i like to call it end with your message and it's basically whenever you are trying to explain something if you can use a summary prompt such as bottom line what i'm trying to say is or at the end of the day the point i'm making is and you allow your brain to fill in that sentence no matter what if what what your brain comes up with the practice is getting into the habit of ending with your message, ending with your one thing and just being in the habit of summarizing at the end so that you end with something that's much much clearer than the rest of your speaking-hmm
0: And then number five, I would say number five is volunteer or raise your hand mm, I like that and so you're likely in a situation of avoidance, which is the most common mechanism that anybody with anxiety or anybody that thinks that they're not good at something is in, and you get stuck into this cycle of not jumping on the opportunity to speak. And every time you do so, you're basically widening the gap between who you could be and who you are to become. So during all of this training, What you want to be doing is you want to be raising your hand, whatever that means for you. So when you're in the group, a group conversation, whether it's a social conversation or at work, you want to find a way to speak up. When somebody asks for a volunteer, you want to raise your hand. When it's time to give a presentation, you want to up the ante and to find a way to make it, to do something, some small, tiny little thing that you wouldn't have done. And then as soon as you have the confidence, talk to your manager Bring it out there. Talk to your colleagues, people you trust in, and say, hey, I'm working on this. If you could give me feedback, that would be huge. And put it out, shine some light on it, and it'll immediately lose its power over you.
1: Yeah, I think the bottom line is that this is a skill. There is a formula. There are pathways. But it's a very personal skill. It's not a hard skill. It's not like a a skill that you – it's not math. You know, it's poetry in that we have to find our own connection to it. We have to, you know, we we always say that that speaking is really about learning to feel at ease being yourself. When you feel at ease being yourself, your access to clarity becomes much easier. Your relationship with pressure becomes easier because you have developed a healthier relationship with self-consciousness. Because you have accepted yourself more. Let's not forget that the real game underneath this is a feeling of belonging, a feeling of liking yourself, a feeling of being enough, a feeling of removing perfectionism from the equation. All these sort of underlying limiting beliefs and and structures of our character, structures of our ego that we're breaking, blah, 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 blah. All of that underneath is very personal. It's very delicate, and we each have our own relationship with it. And that's why books and videos and articles can only take you so far because what we're really doing is rewiring ourselves and our relationship to pressure, our relationship to adrenaline and our relationship to speaking in front of other people, which is why the only way to really make meaningful progress is to put yourself in those positions in an environment that is designed to help you process those in those situations in a in a optimal way and I think that's just important to to lay out, and maybe why ChatGPT didn't get the A-plus it deserved is because this is a much more complex art than it is frameworked science, and every person's journey is unique, but we've seen so many people succeed with this particular method that we call the ultra-speaking method, and it's because it's designed to play at the inner game of speaking. It's designed to play at the root level of communication, and I think that's why most people who finish the program, they tend to say, oh, this was much more about than just about speaking. This was much, much different than I expected. And it's because if you want to improve your speaking, there's something underneath that has to change as well. And I think that change is really worthwhile for both your professional life, but really for just life in general.
0: Yeah. Speaking, getting better at speaking will improve your self-worth. There's a direct correlation between both because if you feel very uncomfortable speaking, your self-worth might be lower than... It deserves to be. Wonderful. Thank you, ChatGPT, for the prompt for those answers. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. There will be more to come, and I hope we get to see you soon. Let's do this again in one year where it's GPT-5
1: or GPT-10, and imagine it's now better than us. It's like, actually, Tristan and Michael, (laughs) speaking is an inner game. (laughs) I can't
0: hopefully wait. Uh, when we do it again in a year it says ultra speaking is oh, the yeah. number one that's right that's cool. right we okay wish. let's call it if you enjoyed this subscribe like share with your friends and uh, we'll see you next time we'll see you next time